over the um, last week or so, there was the 1830s, and um, we've thought about uh, what's going on. And when you deal with young people, you need to settle your heart on what's really inside of people. I, I just want to get you to open your heart and listen. Uh, Sunday morning's good for a time when you can look at the scriptures and say, hey, where are we going? Uh, summertime is a time when people want to go off on holiday to escape life. Now, there's nothing wrong with a holiday, a change. But there is something wrong with attitudes inside people when they need to escape life. There's nothing you need to escape. If you need to escape, you haven't got life, you're living in death. Do you hear what I said? And a lot of people in the world live with a dream every year. It's called a holiday. Now why do they need a holiday? Because the life they live isn't a fulfilled life, a joyful life, it's a misery life, and so they try and accumulate funds so they can escape from life as it is. And they dream, dreams of a holiday. And that shows inside there's something dramatically wrong. But most people don't understand that. But then most people aren't Christians. Why do you want to escape? What are you escaping from? And what ticks in your mind? And so I wanted to talk just about what's going on in your mind. If you can see what's going on in your mind, you could correct it. You know, uh, strongholds of Satan are in the mind. Depression's in the mind. False ideas are in the mind. Uh, and it's in that where everything starts to go wrong. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Problems don't come just out of fresh air, they come out of your thinking. And your problems are your own making. They're not made by anyone else. But if you know where the problems come from, you've got a chance to stem the flood that envelops your life and destroys you. If you know what the source of a problem is, you can deal with it. But if you're foolish, you live in ignorance. But ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance leads to destruction. You won't ever produce anything in your life by ignorance. And so often in the Christian world, it's almost seen that if you, you're filled with the Spirit, it doesn't matter what you think. It's just that, you know, well, God's there and God will teach you. Well, you need to study 
to show yourselves approved of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. You need to know what God says. You need to understand your life. And if you want to take control of your life instead of being a plaything of the devil, then you better understand where the gates of entry are so you can close them firm shut against him. Because if you keep them open, what you'll do is destroy yourself and in the end you'll hate God. You are today what you are because that's what you want to be. It's not the devil, it's you. You make yourself what you want to be. It's a horrible thing. Let me read out a comment by Augustine. He, he was quite smart, whatever you think. Uh, he thought about everything. He said, the loss of faith always occurs when the senses first awaken. At this critical moment, when nature claims us for her service, the consciousness of spiritual things is, in most cases, either eclipsed or totally destroyed. It is not reason which turns the young man from God, it is the flesh. Skepticism but provides him with the excuses for the new life he's leading. You know, when someone becomes a skeptic and they start mouthing off with skepticism, I tell you, it's only an excuse to justify the filthy life they're leading. Inside, they've got to deal with their conscience. And so they have to hide. So they mock. There's nothing worse than someone who mocks God. Or mocks God's people. Oh, you know, you're one of these holy people, are you? Yes. You're one of these people that doesn't believe in everything being... Yes. I hate skepticism. I hate mockery. It's a filthy, foul thing that comes from the devil in the pit. It's what really governs people who want to live wrong. You hear them all the time. That skeptical mocking, jeering. And where does it all come from? What's the seed of it and the root of it? That's what's important to know. If you know that, you can close the doors. If you don't know that, you're the plaything of the devil. You might think you're smart. Well, I want to tell you, there's one smarter than you. He'll take you at his will. Unless you take advantage of what God's provided for you to live in total victory, total freedom. You need to know what it is. If you don't, and you don't close the doors, you're the plaything of the devil. It's not smart to be the plaything of the devil. It shows you're a fool. A lot of fools in the world. But if you know how to close the doors, your life can change. But then you've got to know what you've got to close them to. That's the secret of it. And most people don't understand that. That's why they live in bondage.
Turn with me back to uh, Genesis. find in Genesis chapter 3 and I just want to start here okay always start at the beginning if you start at the beginning you won't go far wrong now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said unto the woman yea hath God said you know <laughs> that's how the devil always comes well, does God really mean this? Has he really said it? Is that really? Now, what's the devil getting at? What part of your being is the devil getting at? Your mind. Okay. So first of all, he wants to get at your reason. And he wants to dislodge your reason from being in Christ to being in an imagination. He wants to take you out of the realm of reason into your imagination. First thing the devil always does, he knows that he can't ever conquer your reason because you reason with the word of God. You have the mind of Christ. So he has to move you out of reason into imagination. He takes you out of truth into deception. His first question is, hath God said? He's moving you out of the reason and the confidence in God's word into, well I wonder. And you start wondering. Well you only wonder in your imagination. God's word is true, it cannot be broken. What God said, he meant. But here comes the devil, and the first thing he does with anyone is get them out of their reasoning faculty. If you can get them out of reason, you've trapped them. Because he can do anything with your imagination. Has God... Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Hey, the devil's suggesting, hey, God said you can't have anything. Said, no, not like that. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. In other words, God's a liar. You won't die. A total contradiction of what God said. Now, God never said they shouldn't touch it, he said they shouldn't eat of it. The women exaggerated God's command. The devil's already got her in an imagination. 
For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then shall your eyes be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. The woman saw, verse 6, that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. First of all, she rejected God's word. God said, don't. But how did she get trapped? Why, the devil took her attention to the tree. And he said, all right, you won't die. And then she began to ponder it. Where did she think of it? In her imagination. What did she mean by making one wise? She was made in the image of God already. What did it mean to be like God? Well, she'd met with God, she'd commune with God day by day. Adam walked with God. Suddenly, she's imagining in her heart, well, I don't have to be restricted just to have communion with God when he comes. I can be like God. And her imagination begins to float away. It's going to make me wise. It's going to make me something else than I am. And so all of a sudden, her imagination sparked. It's called the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In 1 John. Every temptation known to man comes the same way. It works first with a challenge to God's word. Secondly, God's depriving you. You know, you, you don't understand. Being a Christian, you don't have to do without this. Being a Christian, you don't have to do without that. No, no, you know, we're not under the law. We're under grace. I mean, this isn't going to destroy you. The fact that God says it, yeah, but you know, there are exceptions to it. It doesn't really matter. And, and it's not long before the word of God becomes of no effect and you move into your emotional realm and you start looking and you think, my, that'll make me wise. Why, that's good. That's good to touch. Boy, that looks gorgeous. Whoa. And all of a sudden your imagination's captured. Think of this. Modern advertising, that foul, filthy thing that's in society, goes on television. You look and you turn on an advert and all of a sudden there's a car driving along a road. There's a volcano exploding, lava coming down and the car drives out of it. Well, how many of you have fled from a volcano that's exploding? Put up your hand if you have. Now, what did it tell you about the car? Nothing. What did it do? It fired your imagination. That's all they're after. If they can get you in your imagination, and that's the whole media today is only looking because the devil knows capture and fire a man's imagination and his reason is out of the window.
The devil's only after your imagination. If he can get you out of reason, you sin is the most irrational thing. To go against the creator of heaven and earth, to go against his principles and laws is suicide. It's crazy. Only a fool is going to go against the one who sees everything, knows everything, is omnipresent, has set his laws in the earth, and you know it's destruction to go against them, and yet you still do it. Now, no rational person would carry on like that. So he has to get you outside of your reason. If he can get you into your imagination, and you don't see the consequences because your imagination gets fired up and you don't realize the consequences down the road of what you're doing or you don't want to think about them and then you get trapped that's the way the devil works animals don't use reason Animals go outside of reason, they're just brute beasts, they go by instinct. I'm, I, I feel it's a shame when humanity starts going by instinct, not by reason. And when you come to a Christian church and you find people, they go by so-called leading of the Spirit, God deliver us. doesn't have any relationship to the Word of God. It just has relationship to what they feel. I feel the Lord wants me to do this or do that. But you better know it's God's will. It's not your feelings, is it in the Word? Does it agree with the principles of God or is it against the principles of God? Because God sure isn't telling you to violate his principles. But then when you're in your realm of imagination, reasons lost I've talked to people who are starving themselves to death called anorexics you say to them look you look like a skeleton and they say I'm too fat and they're about five or six stone and they're killing themselves it's called suicide There's something in their mind that tells them a lie. It's in their imagination. Reason doesn't come into it. Imagination is what they live by. Well, people set their course to go their own way. God says don't you ever get involved with an unbeliever how many times have I had someone come to me and say ah oh, well God will bring them to himself huh. you're storing up hell for your life God laid principles down violate them at your peril don't think that your lusts are going to be fulfilled and it's going to be alright I tell you what's going to happen hell is waiting for you. Well, it's just a principle in God, I'm not legalistic, you say. No, but God wants to warn you that, you know, the seed of Christ and the seed of Baal don't mix.
That's it. That plane. You know, there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. Yeah, you yes be yes and you no be no. Whatsoever is more than that, sin. Keep your word. Don't lie. Do you know, liars have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone. Economical with the truth. That means you're a barefaced liar. But your imagination tells you, oh, you'll get away with it. You don't get away with it. Why? Because God sees everything. It's all in the mind. You become a plaything of the devil when he's got you in your imagination. God wants to get you out of that into reason. That's why education is so important because you learn how to use your mind. You learn to be a thinking person. You're not a thinking person, you can't be a Christian. Ignorance is not a virtue. There are too many people who are totally ignorant. I mean, they're ignorance. You know, there, there's a danger. An evangelist will come along and tell you God's good, God's love, God's everything. Fine. To be an evangelist and go around the world telling people that's great. Trouble is this. If you're a pastor, you have to live with people and in the real world, things aren't so happy-clappy. You know, <laughs> there's self-denial across. But love demands truth. Truth demands integrity. Integrity demands change of lifestyle. Change of lifestyle demands a clear, unequivocal explanation that sin brings death and Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sin. Good Godism without the cross is deception. Don't ever think, oh, it's all right. God loves me anyway. There's issues in life that have to be faced. If you shut the doors, the devil can't come in. If you keep them open, you're the plaything of the devil. You know, most parents, they destroy their kids systematically. Your kids look at you and they see your life. It's not what you say, it's what you are. Don't kid yourself. They are a reflection of you. That's what you are. It's nice to believe that somehow they learnt it somewhere else. They didn't, they learned it from you. It's the way it goes. It's nice to be able to say, well, it's not my fault. Oh, it is your fault. Most certainly it is. When things go wrong, 
know where the blame lies. It's not mythical. If you've lived in your imagination, don't think your children will live in reason. If you've allowed yourself to be carried along with the wind of temptation, don't think that your children are going to learn a better way of living. They won't. They learn, they watch, and they imitate you. You're the problem. God gave us a responsibility to teach our children the whole time, day and night. We're to be an example to them. If husband and wife end up fighting and arguing, what are the kids going to do? Fight and argue. If they end up with no love in their marriage, what are the kids going to see? That's the way to live. They've only learned by watching. Now it can change. It can change the moment you decide you've got a responsibility to God to get out of your imagination and start living in reason. Let me read out a little definition of imagination. Now this is the world's definition. Don't get it wrong. I'm telling you what the world says. Imagination, the image-making pictorial faculty of the mind reproducing and recombining former thoughts and experiences it illustrates adorns and illuminates our speech and writing by presenting new views and applications of things truths and concepts it is the artist's great qualification and the supreme talent of the inventor finding expression in painting and sculpture, new machinery, architecture, landscape, gardening, etc. You know, the imagination. Sounds all right. That's how you get inventions. It's how you create things. Unfortunately, very unfortunately, People allow that to be the driving force of their life. And reason goes out of the window. They live in imagination. They want everything to be their little creation. Watch out. Because I'll tell you, living that way will make you live independent from God. Develop that faculty, and you develop a faculty totally separate from the living God. You say, well, is it bad? No, it's not bad. It's just that it takes over your life, and reason goes out of the window. Now, when the Bible talks of imagination, what it means generally is a bad sense. It means hardness of heart. It means deliberating with oneself. It means a way of thinking that's totally self-centered. But for a Christian, hey, we don't even want to be involved in it. 
It's not our area, it's not what we want to be involved in. Why? Because we believe in the law and the principles of God. Reason has come. And our reason tells us the way you dress advertises what you are. The way you behave advertises what you really believe. And we don't want to be conformed to this world. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, not our imaginations. The spirit of our mind is locked in God's word and God's truth. We're not interested in going the way of the world because the way of the world is enmity against God. It cannot be subject to the law of God. It's against God. The whole way of the world is totally alien to my God. I don't want it. I don't want to be part of it. I've been born from above. God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. I don't belong to the world. I belong to God. And if you're a Christian, you belong to God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Be not conformed to this world. Get out of it. Turn away from it. Do violence with your own soul. Get your reason back. Take control of your life. That's Christianity. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, we've got to reach the lost. Well, I tell you, you won't reach the lost by looking like them. You won't reach the lost by living in the pig pen with them. Hey, I don't want to be part of the wrong thing. I want to be going the right way, don't I? Hmm? Making the right choices in life. Let's look at the scripture. I want to just take you through it quickly. Genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter 6 Verse 5 says this And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. My, <laughs> it's in the imagination. The thoughts in the imagination, you know you picture things, you, you think that that's going to fulfill your life? Think that's going to... I remember years ago I was over with my wife in China and there was a big crowd, we were up in the China had just opened to the Western world and we were one of the first to go up and we flew up in a plane VC-10 up into Canton and Christians had never gone there before we took our cases full of Bibles I didn't smuggle them, they were there I just took them if you'd opened my suitcase you'd have found them I'm not a smuggler when I got into the airport at Canton I said to my wife, because we left our clothes in Hong Kong so we could fill our cases with Bibles, I said, pick up your case and walk. 
and we walked straight through the customs hall. Everyone was opening their cases. I just picked up my case, I walked straight through, straight out, put it on the coach, and got in the coach, and waited while everyone else was searched. No one stopped me. I told her, keep your eyes ahead, don't look at anyone. No eye contact, just go. So we walked. It was as though no one saw us. Straight through, straight out. We went into one of the cities and there was a shopping area. There was hardly anything in the shops, empty shelves. But we went to one place and we saw everyone crowding around, a big crowd. And so I said to my wife, I, I want to know, what are they all looking at? And we pushed through and it was a bicycle. It was the latest bicycle off the kind of um, production line. I suppose. It was a black frame. It was kind of the old Riley type bike, you know, sit up and beg bike. And there it was. And they were all looking at it. It was out of their reach financially. Some silly little price. But for them, their imaginations getting hold of one of those bikes. We went to a commune and the man boasted, he said, you know, since Mao Zedong came to power and communism came to power, over half the commune have wristwatches. We fell about laughing. They thought they had advanced. Half of them had wristwatches. <coughs> Two-thirds of them had bicycles. I thought, my God, don't they know? Walk down the streets, they'd come up and feel your clothes. Never seen Westerners. Their imaginations were locked in to a filthy system. Their minds captured by a tyranny. Do you know the warfare goes on in your imaginations? God looked at the earth. In Noah's day, he says, the imaginations of their heart were evil continually. Wasn't in their reason, was in their imagination. Go with me to Deuteronomy 31. And it shall come to pass in verse 21, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. It's in their imagination there's problem. <coughs> One Chronicles twenty eight. One Chronicles twenty eight and 
verse 9. And so thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. What have you got to serve God with? Perfect heart and willing what? Mind. And then comes the warning. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. You can, you can seek God with a pure heart and with a right mind or you can get caught in your imaginations. Solomon got caught in his imaginations. He ended up taking Israel into idolatry for the simple reason he ended up with a few wives too many. And concubines without number. When he used to sit at the meal table he couldn't remember how many children he had had. You wouldn't remember if you had that many wives. Something went wrong. It went wrong in the realm of imagination. That's where it always goes wrong. 1 Chronicles 29. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel our fathers keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee it's in the imaginations do you know I can set my mind to think on whatsoever is pure just and of good report I can bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ imagination isn't evil it's what you do with it when you take the word of God away from your imagination and the thoughts of God out of your heart that's when you're in problems when the will of God isn't paramount in your life when God's will is not the only thing you care about then your imagination becomes an evil place where the devil plays with you but when you know that you want to walk God's way, do God's things, and you live for Him alone and for His glory, then your imagination's safe. You close the door. I won't violate God's word. I won't go against what He says. Then you're safe. Proverbs chapter 6 Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 these six things doth the Lord hate yea Seven are an abomination unto him. Alright, let's know what God hates. So you can hate it too. 
a proud look. There's nothing worse than conceited young men or conceited young women or conceited older ones. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and what's verse 18 say? And a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Hey, that's what God hates. Got it? Now, if you know what God hates, you better avoid it. There's a way of living as a Christian that's clear. There's a moral tone, there's a moral life, there's a truth life. God don't like false witness, God doesn't like liars. Just doesn't like them. He hates it. He doesn't like the proud look. He that soweth discord among the brethren. I'll tell you how you sow discord. You get a skeptic amongst you. Hey, you know, you get a young man who gets skeptical and mocks. Oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian. You don't have to be like that. You don't have, ah, oh, well, God doesn't expect, oh, you know, well, that's too extreme. Well, you know, we have a right, yeah. Well, you know, money is, is, is good. You know, God prospers. You don't have to. Ah, oh, well, you've got to understand, we live in the modern world. Well, we've got to reach out to the world. Oh, well, we've got to be friends with the world. Oh, we've got to, and they get skeptical. They begin to sow discord. I tell you how they sow discord. They challenge God's word. And if you challenge God's word, you're out of tune with God. And if you're out of tune with God, you're sowing discord. What God says is what God means. You know, a drunkard has no part in Christ. says don't it's amazing you know there's things that attract a young man or a young woman things that destroy you want to value them well I tell you God hates them Got to look at what God hates. Don't they lie? Lots of things are lies. You know, you imagine all sorts of things. But your imagination's evil. Unless it's the will of God that's forefront of your life. I want to do your will, O oh God. What I hear you say, that's what I'll say. What I see you do, that's what I'll do. I'm going to live for you. That's how Jesus was. That's how you should be. 
Are you enriching yourself or are you enriching God's kingdom? Are you living for yourself in your imaginations or are you living for God? Can you honestly say that what you've set your heart to do, God desires? If not, your imagination is continually evil. But a Christian is cross, cross, cross. Deny yourself, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. In other words, your will's got to go. It's his will that counts. That's Christianity. Oh, God will bless you. Yes, of course he will. God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. But God wants you to change your lifestyle. Plain? Is that plain? Let's look on. Don't want you to think that's Jeremiah chapter 3. We'll go through it. Jeremiah had a lot to say about it. Jeremiah was one of those prophets that was raised up to upset people. Jeremiah went around and he spoke the truth. Ended up in a rather unfortunate prison. Ended up always getting, you know, he was full of pulling down, rooting up. Uh, and Christ, when he came, he did the same. The trouble is it's not really a popular ministry to actually tell people you're a stinking sinner and if you don't repent you're in trouble I mean it's much better to say God is good hey come on the time you grew up baby talk but when you grow up you put away the things of a child and you become a man take responsibility for your life when my children were very young I took responsibility for them it was all right they didn't have to make decisions I made decisions. but you've got to grow up haven't you it's called maturity just telling you this is what the book says oh I can leave this bit out and just goody goody clappy clappy ha 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 but then you go to hell with it that's not a smart move Okay, Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 17. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after what? The imagination of their evil heart in other words there comes a point where you stop walking after your own will and your own desires and your own evil ways and you start realizing God's will is the only thing that counts who's in control of your life don't call Jesus Lord and do what you want Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 24 
And they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imaginations of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Where was the problem? Imaginations. <laughs> Jeremiah 9. Verse 13, And the Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart. And if you walk after the imagination of your own heart, you'll end up in idolatry, and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Jeremiah 11 Verse 7 For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt even unto this day rising early and protesting saying obey my voice Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked every one in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. Imagination's got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? Jeremiah 13. Verse 10. This evil people which refuse to hear my words, which walk in the imagination of their heart, and walk after other gods to serve them, to worship them, shall be as this girdle, which is good for nothing. When you walk, in the imagination of your own heart. When you set yourself to go your way instead of God's way, you destroy yourself. You're good for nothing. You're no good to God's kingdom. And you'll be no good in your life. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, that's it. God said, hey, obey my voice. They said, no, I want to do what I want to do. But I want to tell you, everything God tells you to do is for your blessing, for your good, for your enrichment, to protect you, to keep you, and to cause you to live in victory. Everything he says is for that purpose. Nothing is to deprive you, nothing is to hurt you, nothing is to wound you. God wants to keep you. But there's a devil who wants to get you in your imagination and you follow your imagination. You follow your own way, you ignore what God says. Now hey, you're going to destroy yourself. That's folly. 
Only a fool does that. Let's look on. Don't want you to think it stops there. Verse, uh, chapter 16, Jeremiah. Verse 12. You have done worse than your fathers. So don't you young people blame your parents because you end up doing worse than them. For behold, you walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. That's why you go after it. You don't want to listen to God. It's amazing when people uh, don't want to listen to God, they'll come to a meeting and they'll sit there and they'll shut their hearts against the word of God because they want to live for themselves. In the end they'll say, oh I go to the meetings, I get nothing out of them. Sure you don't. Because you've already set yourself to go after your evil ways and God cannot speak to you because you refuse to hear. It's not that God is against you, it's not that God doesn't speak, it's that you purposely shut your ears. You don't want to hear correction, you want to go your own way and hell is the end of it. That's it. Don't kid yourself. You can't blame anyone else for your state. You are responsible for you. Don't ever say, well, what could I do, my parents? No, you chose to defy God. That's it. Is that plain? Hello. Let's not think that that's just a few scriptures and you know you're going to miss it all. Chapter 18, verse 12. Chapter 18, verse 12. Isn't it good you've got a Bible? And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will everyone do what? The imagination of their evil heart. You know, I'm amazed how many people turn round and one of the skeptic comments they make is, well, what's the use? You know, I can't help it. It's the way I was made. Well, what's the point? I can't make it. No hope. I try. No hope. That's a hidey hole. Not a hidey high, a hidey hole. Your problem is you want to do what you want to do. And life gets hard when you do what you want to do. Hmm? It's good that Jeremiah brings in the new covenant. Talks about the new covenant. We haven't got there yet. But I want to show you what the problem was. Hmm? Was that plain to you all? Well, I don't think it really has quite gone in yet. So let's look on. Chapter 23. 23. You imagine this prophet, he wasn't popular. 
<laughs> Jeremiah 23 verse 17 and they still say unto them that despise me the Lord has said you shall have peace and they say unto everyone that walketh after this the imagination of his own heart no evil shall come upon you they, they you know there's one thing when people get locked in to sin they encourage each other by saying oh you know God won't judge you you know it's okay hey God loves you God's on your side no God's on the side of his people if you make yourself an enemy of God he's not on your side there's six things he hates yeah he's seven you set yourself against God who's gonna lose if you set yourself against God who's gonna lose well who's gonna lose is God gonna lose who is you better believe it Luke chapter 1 just wanted to show you it's not just in the Old Testament you might think uh, Luke chapter 1 <coughs> verse 49 or let's take Ah, let's take verse 46 and Mary said you know bless her my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden for behold from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name and his mercy is on, the, on them that fear him from generation to generation he has showed strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in what? in the imagination of their my you see God's good to those that love him watch out Romans 1 Romans 1 verse 20 oh no let's take verse 19 because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so they are without excuse because that 
when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened you want to walk in darkness get in your imagination get out of truth refuse to accept God's word refuse to live by his principles you're going to be in darkness imagination you think you're going to get away with it Two Corinthians ten. Two Corinthians ten. For though we walk in verse three of two Corinthians ten, for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down what? imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity what? every thought to the obedience of Christ in other words, every thought is that I'm going to obey God's word and live by God's principles. That's it. Imagination out. God's word in. Reasonings out. God's word is the touchstone of life. Now isn't that plain? You want to know what warfare is? It's the Holy Ghost. He's coming to pull down the imaginations of your heart. He's coming to tell you they're false. Your ambitions will destroy you. Your egocentric life is destructive. I'm not my own, I've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your mortal body. You live for him. I'm called to be a disciple of the living God. Deny myself, deny the wrong things, deny my imaginations, live by his principle. That's clear, isn't it? Hello? And the thing is imaginations. You can build a great future in your imagination. That's how the devil tempts you. Tells you, well, you know, has God said? Ha! It's not really that way, you know. Yeah, you can get away with this. Hey, you know, God, God's on your side. It's all right. You know, yeah, well, maybe, you know. But you've got to understand in this modern age, things are different you know you've got to you've got to live in the world and then you look at the Bible and it says different 
And then you start to say, well, who's right? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. I've got to, every thought of mine's got to be captive to the obedience of Christ. Obedience is the thing that God's looking for. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. You say, well, but, but my, my, my heart feels, yeah. That's where your problem is. I believe God wants this. I believe, but does the book say so? In the end, you've got to judge everything according to God's word. That's the only touchstone for life. I watch corruption. I watch corrupt people. They'll sit amongst you. I know who they are. I'm not a fool. They'll sit amongst you and they build the same building and it looks the same. Trouble is, it's not built on the word of God, it's built on sand. And there's coming a storm. And when the storms of life hit, I want to tell you what's going to happen. Their big facade's going to come crashing down and people are going to say, my, I always thought he was such a lovely brother. <laughs> but it was based on imagination, not reality. Reality is the eternal word of God, it stands sure. Build your life on the rock. Don't ever let you think that you can build your life on sand and it will stand. When troubles come, you have nothing to stand on except your imaginations and flimsy they are at best. But when you're based on the word of God, nothing can move you. God said, I know, I have confidence in my God. You can't pray with freedom if your heart is torn with conviction. You can't pray with freedom if your emotions are running wild. You can't live in truth if you don't know the word of God. You can't be what God intends you to be if you don't walk carefully before him and you don't get hold of your emotions and your imagination. Is that plain? Hmm? You know this morning every one of you you can make up your mind what way are you going to live? The world, they offer you, you can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. <laughs> but it's a short season. David, King David, he looked out on the world and he said, why do the wicked prosper? Oh, they do. People in their imaginations can go their own way and everyone will see them prosper. But I want to tell you, there's a wind coming, there's a storm coming. There's rains coming, there's floods coming, and then see how their imaginations stand up to it. I've seen people get very rich and become very poor. 
They might get rich again, but their poverty is waiting for them. Why? Because the only thing that's eternal is that which is built on the rock. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You sing it, but if you don't live it, you're in trouble. And it's all to do with imagination. You know, the reason Eve, Eve was deceived is she let her imagination run wild. Adam, he just made a calculated choice. That's why he sinned. Eve was deceived. Imagination will always deceive you. You feel, well, you know, once your imagination is fired and once your emotions are involved, that's why I hate it when you have a church where they play on your emotions and work people up. But I want to tell you, you need your mind affected, your reason. There's nothing wrong with a reasoning being feeling emotion but there's something wrong with imagination firing emotion. Your imagination is a very deceptive thing. But the word of God stands sure. How often do people dream of something they want to buy? They get it. And children show it more honestly than adults. They want a toy. They ask for a toy. They get a toy. And when they've finally got the toy, they play with it for two minutes, and then they pick up a saucepan lid. And this saucepan lid becomes their toy after two minutes, and you think. They throw it aside. Once they've got it, the novelty of it's vanished. And that's how it is in life. Your imaginations build up something, but it ain't that way at all. How often have you wanted something and you get hold of it, and when you get it, you realize it was folly? Imagination. Imagination captures you. Do you know this? You can make the most perfect food if only you buy this certain blender. It's the thing. And you know, you husbands, your wife isn't a very good cook and you think the meals might improve if you just get this for her. And you know, you won't get lumps in the custard anymore. So you go out and buy it for her. What happens? You don't get lumps in the custard, you don't get it at all. She forgets to put the top on and it goes all over the kitchen. <laughs> instead of over your pudding. Or she doesn't read the instruction book. Imagination. God wants us to live for him.
in the end are you happy with your life or are you trying to escape you want to go travel the world be free spirit in other words you can't face living with yourself so you want to live with unreality what a deception who do you think you're going to meet when you open your suitcase you if you can't live happy here you're going to live happy nowhere escapism isn't life it's a false dream but it, it's all in the imagination and you say well there's nothing wrong with it no but what is the will of God do you live for the wrong things or do you live for the right things I mean in the end who are you committed to Christ and his kingdom or your comfort and escapism are you living for the king of kings and the lord of lords is your life devoted to him or is your life devoted to your imaginations and self-fulfillment it's a choice everyone makes you know God won't ever compel you but it's time you woke up reality is in Christ real peace is in God obedience to God is the source of life God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him it's time time for people to wake up God's purposes are that we live his way if you've made a note of those scriptures go home and read them strongholds of Satan are in the mind you've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ I want to do what God wants it's not what I want it's what he wants what he says what he does that'll change my life it'll change everything that's what God's about wants to keep us in life and in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee let's all stand let's pray close your eyes you know God's a true and faithful witness doesn't matter what anyone else thinks doesn't matter what you imagine they are imagining what matters is your heart attitude what matters is where you are in him what matters 
is whether the Word of God gets inside your heart and you make the right choices. Don't kid yourself. Imagination can destroy. Really it can. But the word of God is eternal. The world offers you everything. God offers you himself. He says, I created everything. God wants to bless you. He wants you to have perfect peace and joy. He wants you to find your fulfillment in reality. Sin divides. God is good. It was a time Jeremiah wrote, there's going to be a new covenant. I'll write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. Things will change. Truth will come. Deception will go. As you've read those scriptures and heard the word, how does it apply to you? Have you got snared? Is it time to change around your life and make the right choices? Is it time for you to face yourself? Say to the living God, I can't live this way any longer. Time to get rid of your frustrations and yield to God. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, your word's sharper than a two-edged sword. It reaches inside. It divides between soul and spirit. Lord, I just pray this day that your word will have its perfect work in each heart. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, do a miracle. Lord, change the heart, change the mind, change the will. Now, keep your eyes closed. I don't want anyone to look around. 
But if you know the Holy Ghost has spoke to you, and it applies to you, and you identify yourself, and say, I have to change. Then I want you to do something. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. Not at all. But I want you to make a covenant with God this day to change things. And if you know you need to change them and get out of your imaginations and begin to live his way, just stay right where you are and you're going to stay there the whole time. But I want you to raise your right hand to God. If you know that word spoke to you, it's got to change. You're not going to let those imaginations rule you anymore. Lift your right hand right up. God sees. I want to pray for you where you are. Father, you said every word you speak will not return to you void, but will accomplish what you sent it to do. And Lord, I just thank you for your word this day. Let it accomplish in each heart and life what you sent it to do. It won't return to you void. Lord, this day, let it be a day of new beginnings for these dear ones. Let it be a life-changing time for them. Lord, don't let them forget this word. Let it burn inside their soul. Lord, let it be a fire in their bones till everything's transformed. Let it reach inside by your grace and your mercy. Lord, let it be a keeping power from this day. Thank you, Lord, that you came to forgive us. You came to unite us with your will, to cause us to stand in the fullness of your love. Lord, I just pray for each one right now. Let them know that you've seen and you receive them. Let them know it's going to be different. Your word you'll fulfill. Holy Ghost, pull down the strongholds in their hearts and minds and let every thought be brought into captivity this day. Let every part of their life be changed. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful and you'll do it. Amen. Amen? He'll be true to you. He's a good God. You know, the word's true.